Hello and welcome to the Spread a Safe and Loving Space where we get to express our sexuality with absolutely no judgment. This is season three and I'm your host, Kaz. I wanna hide. I don't want nobody else seeing me naked. But I'll risk it for you. On today's live episode, we talk to a return guest, Matthew Nakitare, about his experience with gender free orgasms, as well as some chimed in views from our guests. Matthew is always a treat to have on the show, as well as a sight for sore eyes. So we thought that it was great that we should have him over for our live episode. And now that I have your attention, please don't forget to follow us on all of our social platforms. That's at The Spread Pod and subscribe to our podcasts where you get your podcasts. We're also creating regular content on our YouTube page. So if you could just do us a little favor and just head over there and just click the subscribe button, it'd be really cool because we're doing some really dope stuff. There is a direct link in our description box. So just like scroll down and click on the link and then just head over to our YouTube page and just subscribe. It's Karen Kaz Lucas. That's the name of the page. Subscribe and like and click on the notification bell so that you can get notifications every time we have a video up, which is actually going to be quite soon because we're creating regular content, including a continuation on our abortion series. It's really important information that's actually quite good to watch. It's fun. Like listening to these two lawyers give us facts, but also just like make it easy for you to watch, easy for you to understand. It's, it's, it's dope shit. Just head over there. Subscribe. And for our podcast episode, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spread Live! Yes! Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) You know, it's because so many of you are here for the first time, I can say that joke all the time. (laughs) I literally use it all the time. (laughs) And it's funny every single time. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much for coming to this wonderful live recording. Thank you guys so much. Like, I really, really appreciate when I say thank you for trusting me with your money. It means so much to me. Like, I really appreciate that you guys are spending money to come here. (laughs) 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 I was was not expecting that joke. It was a premature evacuation. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I'm here all night. Um, And I just really want to give a warm welcome to our guest for tonight is Matthew Nakitari. Did I say it right? And Matthew, welcome to the spread. Thank you very much, Kaz. It's good to be here. Yes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Girls, keep it together. (laughs) Guys, keep it together. (laughs) Uh, Matthew has actually recorded a podcast episode with me before. It was called Male Genital Mutilation with a question mark at the end. And we had conversations about how um, men are forced circumcised in certain parts of the world, but specifically we're talking about certain parts of Kenya. 
Um, so please tune in to that episode. Uh, I can't remember what episode number it is, but I will put a direct link in the comment below. <laughs> Welcome to my channel. <laughs> Matthew. Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, a little bit about me. Um, just really briefly, uh, I guess. I've grown up in Kenya and the States and um, have a, a deep love for theater and agriculture and horses and um, all these things. And, and right now, I guess, focused on um, really interested in meditation and consciousness and sort of like altered states of um, awareness and what it all means. So that's just a very little bit. <laughs> I'm sure there's depth to you. Um, do you remember where we met? Um, where do we meet? Yes, I, we have a mutual friend in common. Yes. And I threw a party and yes. all of a sudden you were there. Yes, talk more about the party. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, uh, so I've always been interested in this, uh, the idea of the, this, uh, this bacchanal, you know, from sort of Greek times, uh, you know, wine and togas and all the rest and toga parties through growing up like with, with a lot of American Hollywood uh, cinema Animal House, that fantastic toga party near the end. Um, so I wanted to host one, and I did, and Kaz, you were there. I was. I also thought it was a play party. It so wasn't. <laughs> yes. Mom, if you're so listening, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> was it in her house? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so much to my disappointment, <laughs> I met Matthew at a toga party where nobody took off their toga. At least not that I was aware of. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what happened in the bathroom. Oh, my, go oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, we've been talking a lot. We have, uh, we have like a friendship where we talk intermittently and we share and exchange a lot of articles, podcast episodes, and anything that Matthew um, thinks might be inspiring or helpful. Um, another thing with Matthew is that we've actually discussed partnering to, to create like a kinky workshop, like a BDSM kink. Do you remember this conversation? I do remember this. I don't know how it's gonna tie in with my career as a politician, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe, maybe let's keep that conversation <laughs> going. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be, I mean, I've been having conversations a lot with, I've been having conversations a lot with you guys on social media and we've been talking about creating like um, different groups for the last time we had the spread live, we did a little, um, after, after the podcast recording, we did a little meeting for people who are interested in non-monogamy. Um, I see some of y'all here. And then we were really interested because a lot of people said that they wanted more conversations around kink and BDSM. So uh, I definitely think it's, it's a very cool thing if we work on it together. I think we'd make like a really good like BDSM couple, right? I mean, no right, pressure, no, no, pre <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so that's one of the conversations that we have or we've had and I've introduced you to some people, you've introduced me to some people. And um, then the conversation has evolved into um, Tantra. Hmm? What is Tantra? Gosh, um, well, so my understanding, I don't know that much about it, but my understanding is that it's, a, it's an ancient tradition of, um, you know, based somewhere in Asia, maybe the Indian subcontinent. Um, and my experience, um, 
which I'd love to talk about. Um, Please. Was, was basically, you know, when you're in university and you're open to new experiences and, you know, they have workshops here and there. Um, I, it was sometime, so I went to a small liberal arts college in Vermont uh, called Middlebury College. And um, there was uh, springtime, they, they usually have like a, a sexual awareness week or something like that. And so there's a whole week. Uh, I think the theme, thank you very much, guys, uh, microphone control. There we go. Is that better? <laughs> um, the you definitely don't suck enough dick. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Exactly. <laughs> Just look at this technique. It's terrible. <laughs> um, it, it was an entire week of, um, yeah, sort of, uh, I think it was gender, non, non-binary stuff. And it was the first time I'd ever heard um, sort of, uh, you know, terms sort of non-binary, et cetera, in my college's community. I didn't take women's studies courses or I didn't take gender theory courses or anything like that. It was mostly in the theater. And so this is the first time I was like, whoa, what is this? Especially for, for one workshop that was called Gender-Free Orgasm. Um, I thought to myself, this is strange. This is very odd. I don't really understand what this means. I must check it out. I must investigate. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'd heard from a friend of mine who's a lesbian about that I should go. I don't know. Memory's kind of murky. Anyway, so I go there, and it was, uh, it was being hosted by, well, let me set the scene. So it was, um, it was in one of the oldest buildings on campus. Uh, so this wonderful neoclassical, beautiful library that had been renovated and it, and it had just been um, sort of opened up for classes and everything the, the semester before. And I hadn't really ever been inside. And so I followed the directions and went to what seemed to be one of the, the oldest buildings, uh, the oldest rooms in this building. Lovely sort of you know, carpet on the floor and a number of people there, a number of students, um, and, the, and the host, uh, whose name was Barbara Carellis, and she was the one doing this gender-free orgasm workshop. And uh, come, like, tell me to wrap up if I, if no, I, if I ramble too much. No, 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 <laughs> keep going. I just, I really want, like if you're setting the scene, I really want to know like, you wanna in detail. Okay. Everything that then, that, what happened? Perfect. Um, let me try to, so, right, so you get into this old, so it was, it was like this funny juxtaposition of very new age, bizarre, uh, gender-free orgasm thing in the oldest building on a campus that traditionally was quite sort of conservative New England, um, uh, you know, sort of, sort of feeling. Anyway, I walk inside this room, if the lights are a bit low, I see a number of students I recognize, many more that I don't. There's about 20 or 30 of us, I think. Um, and Barbara's there with uh, another colleague of hers from, um, another university, um, and uh, yeah, she kind of, you know, welcome everybody, I'm going to talk to you about gender-free orgasm, you're probably confused, um, let me explain, and she tells us about it and tells us a bit of the, the history of Tantra, and, and one of the, uh, the reasons she got interested in it is because she, she's from the New York theater world, and during the 80s, um, a number, uh, many, many of her friends in the, in the gay community were, were dying uh, in huge numbers weekly from the from the HIV and AIDS crisis um, during that time. So she was trying to discover ways of how can people be intimate without um, increasing the risk, right? How can human beings, how can, how, can, how can my friends who are gay men, how can they um, experience the kind of ecstasy and intimacy without putting their bodies at risk? Because this virus is, is killing people. We don't know what the pathways are. We don't know how to protect people. Uh, and so, um, so then she, she explained to us this, this technique, and it was a really interesting process. I mean, I was, I was a huge skeptic. So we're, we're in this room, the lights are low, there's an oil painting of one of the former, you know, 
deans of the of the university looking down, you know, sort of very very <laughs> stiff oil painting of a of a of a, of a you know an elderly white man who's probably part of you know New England sort of a collegiate <laughs> elite uh, exactly some New England Brahmin or something <laughs> looking down on all of us <laughs> as we're uh, you know observing Barbara lying on the floor and uh, being guided by her by her colleague through this process of breathing focus sound uh, and then you know essentially sort of having a, an orgasm on the floor and I'm there's I'm standing there like what is this this is I, I this is weird this is really weird anybody think this is weird uh, well, I guess I'm here now well let's see where this goes so Barbara finishes demonstrating how to have a breath and energy orgasm and then we all lie on the floor um, everybody with their clothes on um, you know, lying on the floor in a big semicircle. Nobody's touching each other. There's about sort of I'm lying between, I think, uh, two two other students. Um, you know, maybe a foot of space between us. Uh, the lights uh, are turned low. The you know the sort of om chanting sound um, <laughs> playlist uh, starts, and then and then Barbara starts talking to us um, about you know find your chakra, the the root chakra. So um, the let me, let me step back. The reason it was called gender-free orgasm was because it wasn't based on male or female uh, genitalia, right? It, it, it didn't matter what kind of body you had because at, at this level, men and women had the same physiology, right? They, they had the same mus muscle system, uh, musculature and uh, nerve bundles, right? And so she could, she could guide both, uh, well, anybody, Let's say any any <laughs> part of the human spectrum, yes. right? In terms of physical or or, or, or mental, I suppose, uh, um, expression through this through this practice, and it was observable and repeatable. Uh, and so it was really interesting. So I'd seen it, and then I was the one lying on the floor being guided through this process. All right, start breathing, squeezing your PC muscle, pubic coccygeal muscle, you know, the muscle you used to stop peeing, etc. Men and women both have those those you know bottles of muscles, and then and then just sort of breathing and uh, you know, up, up, up to the center line of the body from uh, this root chakra or the perineum uh, up through, you know, uh, uh, sacral and then um, center of your body and then solar plexus and then throat and then third eye, you know, right here and then the top of the head. And I was, so I, I went into this experience a skeptic and throughout the process, I... I just got really into it. I think maybe I was very open to the experience or I had been primed somehow to, to see, oh, that's how you do it. I'm just gonna do this again. So I've been trying to replay it in my head like, you know, um, you know, how did I get to that point where I had this amazing experience? So I guess Barbara's, Barbara's talking us through it and I'm feeling this energy and it feels like this ball of, it's like a spinning ball of fire. Fire. That, that's it, it. Was like a little engine. Um, this can sound. This might sound totally weird, but it was like a spinning ball of of energy. I felt like you know how a cat purrs, and you can feel it kind of thrumming like a little like there's a little motor somewhere in the cat, <laughs> right? So I felt like that. And and also she she um, she instructed us to feel as if there was uh, like a root or a tail growing out of your sake uh, out of your pubococcygeal muscle out, out of your root chakra into the floor and then into the earth's molten core that's full of energy. And so having this picture in my mind, eyes are closed, music's going, Barbara's, uh, Barbara's guiding us, you know, we're all breathing, 
I'm focused on my breath. Um, I found that my experience was that I was able to breathe into that um, pubococcygeal, you know, area, and then move this energy up. And it was like the it was this it was the strangest feeling heightened in my memory because it was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. Um, and it was totally divorced from any, you know, it was totally divorced from my genitals. So it, it didn't matter, you know, none of my, my manly bits, and they're quite manly, I must say. <laughs> I don't know yet. You don't know yet, no, exactly, exactly. You but know what? Uh, <laughs> I will report back. <laughs> um, um, but in all seriousness, it was uh, it, it was like a it was it was I was experiencing a different uh, aspect of what my body was capable of, just through breath, through focus, through muscle contraction, and through thought, and it was uh, an incredibly heightened experience. It felt like I was if anybody here's been surfing or or even body surfing, when you're when you're uh, when you're paddling and then you catch the wave, and then you're going with the wave. Right, but then you can also control it, and so it was like this. Yeah, uh, sorry, it, it was like it was it was both a feeling of um, uh, being overwhelmed by by ecstasy and by heightened emotions, and also um, being able to breathe into it, control it, play with it. It's like it was like I don't know. I, I, I is this weird feeling of like when I think back about it, it's like I felt like I was body surfing and swimming in the Milky Way, and there was explosions <laughs> in my mind, and I was, but all I had to do was breathe and squeeze and think, and and sort of trust this process that this was going to happen. The the oddest thing was this feeling of all right, I'm going to breathe into my root chakra, um, and I'll just use those terms just because I guess. It makes sense to me, <laughs> but but breathe into this 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 area of my body, which is all along this this spinal column, right? Uh, breathe in there and then move it up here, uh, or or if I lose energy here, I'm just gonna focus back and breathe down here, squeeze, contract, breathe, focus. All right, I'm gonna move this energy up again, and then breathe in there and breathe in there and move it up again. And by the time I got to, um, by the time I got to sort of my my throat or uh, you know, this third eye here. By the time I got to the, the, the top of my head, I was sort of glued, it felt like I was paralyzed, glued to the floor, also moving, just this, this overwhelming feeling of, um, it was like a, like a feeling, <laughs> it's hard to explain it, <laughs> but, but just like pure ecstasy of, if you ever, like the image for me, with my eyes closed, in my mind's eye, was that I was, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an orgasm, exactly. So, hence the name, breath and energy orgasm. <laughs> there you go. Um, and it was amazing. After afterwards, you know, I didn't want it to end. I was just like greedy. No, the music's winding down. The lights are coming up. No, 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 no. no. I'm gonna keep my eyes closed. I can hear people to my right and my left standing up and talking. Like, no, I want this to continue. This is amazing. I've never experienced anything like this. Have you ever meditated? And is it w would it be similar to like being in a meditative state, like an out of body experience? Um, so I, I've recently begun meditating as of maybe six months ago, like more or less seriously. Um, um, but I, I think so. So I think, th I think there's a, it's, I guess it would be like a meditation with a focus on heightened body sensation with, with an ecstatic focus. I suppose. I'm no expert there. Okay. <laughs> so I was listening to a podcast earlier today um, about Tantra and actually w 
Tantra is actually just a, a yoga practice, and it is actually from India. Mm. And there's different kinds of yoga practices, um, and I can't remember what the other ones. It was like Tantra, Mantra, and some, something. Yantra, maybe? Something, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. And so basically, um, Tantra is, is, like you said, um, and before it was even introduced into any kind of sexual um, space, it's just a form of breathing and, um, like you said, like altering altering what's the word i'm looking for like state of mind yeah but y yeah exactly using um using breath and so then it was introduced into sexuality but because also yoga is about body and mind and um obviously when you talk about body you talk about um it could anything from touch whether it's arousing or just the spectrum there's so many different forms in which you you can use tantra within sexuality. So I mean, y obviously, like you can experience it on your own, but you can also um, introduce it into um, your relationship with your partner. Has anyone ever experienced? Has anyone ever had any tantric episodes? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to share? Do you want to speak? Oh, <laughs> you gave me the eye. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> I just thought you wanted to say something. But do you guys understand? Like, um, um, do you understand? <laughs> yeah. Is it because um, the way that you perceive specifically uh, discussions around orgasms is that it needs to be touched? It needs to have some form of touch associated with it. So another thing, which actually I am really interested in listening to your opinion about, is and specifically for men, um, men can use tantra to what's the withholding um, ejaculation. So f having um, sexual intercourse and masturbation but then withholding your ejaculation. So having an orgasm, but withholding your ejaculation. And Tantra is a really good way to practice that. And men to learn. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, I think the interesting thing is sort of just to pick up on what you're saying about Tantra, I, get, maybe I don't know if I um, sort of explained it well enough, but I think, uh, you know, to speak about just sort of Barbara Corellis and, and her urban Tantra stuff, which, you know, uh, the gender-free orgasm part was that. I think she, she, she called it urban Tantra because it was sort of taking all of this ancient tradition and, and making it new. So like a neo-Tantra, which is, I guess, breath work and, you know, mind and body and all that kind of stuff. Um, um, so in terms of, so in terms of, let's say, male increasing, how would you say it? How can how can how can men increase their awareness of their bodies in order to um, delay or 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 yeah, yeah or prolong sort of uh, the ejacular ejaculatory response? That's either a, a physical manifestation right of, of ejaculation or um, how to how to are feel the same way. Are you saying that it's possible that there is a way that can that can cure like hypersensitivity and premature ejaculation? 
Um, do you have any like porn star friends who are I do. who are men who, yeah. who might be able to provide some exercises and mindfulness practices? Actually, <laughs> a conversation that Julie and I <laughs> have had before, and therapy is actually a really good way for people who are um, who have premature ejaculation. It's kind of like what do you like dig into their lives? <laughs> who hurt you as a child? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's really interesting. I, I I think one of the big one of the big ones is um at least in terms of my understanding of this practice and my experience is um yeah being more aware of uh, our our bodies. Let's say right. Humans have bodies, and although there's so much stimulus around, let's say you know if we're we're if we're data cows just putting input into computer keyboards or on a screen. Um, coming back to the fundamental thing that we cannot live without, which is which is the breath, and using the breath as a pathway into better understanding um, our own bodies, right? So the interesting part is, you know, if if everyone puts their their hands like on their belly, right? If you breathe in, just just below the rib cage here, the solar plexus, you can feel the top of the diaphragm, right? As that as that goes up and down. But there's the other whole part. So uh, the the breathing apparatus, let's say, is like an egg. And that's the entire pelvic, uh, pelvic floor region, which also can expand and contract, right? So, so the, breath, the breath is affected, and the breath can affect this, this entire um, area. Ah, there's the, I wanted to say another, another interesting thing. Um, there's, there's, uh, I recently heard of research done, uh, that's been done at Stanford, I think in the Kna uh, Krauser or Knausener lab. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, in terms of how, how breath can affect the autonomic or the automatic system of the body. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a direct linkage, but it's also reciprocal. So your, your autonomic system, the automatic system of your body affects your breathing. And also, the, the research has, has, has shown so far that your breathing can affect the automatic uh, responses of your bodies, right? So if you ever see someone who's really stressed out, we all hear that thing of just breathe, right? It's okay, just breathe. And, and how that can actually uh, functionally change the, you know, the body's internal response and then outward expression through emotion, right? So it's like this very interesting thing of this whole, this power of breath to change your state and then going to another lab, Adam, uh, uh, sorry, Andrew uh, Hausman's lab, I think, also at Stanford, where the, the, the research is relating to putting yourself uh, using breath and focus to put yourself into a a state of um, uh, a state of in hyper it will increase neuroplasticity putting yourself into these this this state of being where you can are more adaptable right uh, in terms of changing your brain so I think it's really interesting uh, research that's being done now and it goes back to I guess thousands of years of history ancient practice right but, but you know which are focused on on breath and yeah. so this power of breath to either through the athletic domain sexual domain um, concentration and brain changing, I guess, domains, uh, it all come to this fundamental part of what it means to be human, which is we have to breathe breath. at some point mm. during, <laughs> you know, you know and, and then how we, how we control our breathing can affect, you know, the kind of uh, work we're doing, kind of energy we're putting out. So it's really, really fascinating. Uh, okay, so. and I'm really just about to, s like, um, take a left turn on this conversation. Um, so just like interestingly enough, uh, we have done a podcast episode about, oh, 
We have done a podcast episode about different kinds of orgasms mm. already, yeah. And um, I have now learned <laughs> with my vast sexual experiences um, how to have different orgasms. No so way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kinds of Pray orgasms? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so we, I mean, you guys have to tune into that episode because it's actually, the, the episode is called How to Make Her Come. So I believe a lot of men, a lot of men, when they're not sliding into my DMs and sending me masturbation videos and dick pics. <laughs> You're popular, Cass. <laughs> I don't think it's popularity. I think it's assholeness. <laughs> Do you guys, does everyone get dick pics in their DMs? You get masturbation videos. Oh, yeah, I get, I get, and then even sometimes people, you know, because now you can call people on Instagram. Yeah. People call you, and if you by mistake pick up that phone, a motherfucker is jerking off. <laughs> I'm telling you, this life is hard. Oh, no. I, I think I've been spared from that so far. <laughs> <laughs> this life is hard, but like I out them. I really out them on Instagram. I do, yeah. I call them cyber rapists. <laughs> So anyway, um, back to orgasms. <laughs> so uh, I may have said this before, but I also think that it's, it's really interesting. Oh my God, I need to talk about this orgasm that I just recently had. It was, <laughs> I, just, like, I just remembered it because I felt it. <laughs> you know when you remember something and you feel, you know like when somebody falls down and then you feel the pain? <laughs> oh my word. So I'm gonna flash back a little bit to maybe last year I was having um, heterosexual sex. <laughs> and um, the, the man who, whose dick, the man's dick, <laughs> the man who owned the dick. <laughs> was he renting it for that time <laughs> period or? He, he was. Did he, did he mortgage he was, or like? He was, but like he gave me the friends rate. <laughs> <laughs> that dick was so big. How big was that dick? <laughs> that dick was so big. <laughs> it was so big <laughs> that a few days later I ended up in hospital. Yeah. I may be omitting another dick <laughs> in this story. <laughs> there was an extra dick. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up in hospital. I wasn't even in Kenya, man. I was in uh, Miami. And I ended up in hospital. I had to have emergency surgery because um, my, I, turns out I had a cyst. But it was raptured. I had a raptured cyst because of big dick. <laughs> I think that's the title of my book. <laughs> on the on the upside. <laughs> Literally. And then on the downside. <laughs> yeah. I but mean. overall, <laughs> <laughs> happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there was that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and then there was. Uh, so I'm. I'm seeing someone <laughs> we were having sex <laughs> and he was hitting it from the back right uh, but like not in the butthole in the vag <laughs> but from the back and I was pinned up against the bed 
Headboard? Or? Yeah, the head, a big, like big headboard thing. And, and he was just like ramming it, right? And then I had an anal orgasm. Wow. Yeah, you guy. Let me just tell you, it was like magic. I have never felt anything like that in my life. No, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. He was holding, he, he like pinned me on the bed. No. <laughs> like, have you, have like you reviewed? Like the double dick dude on Reddit. <laughs> like a man with two penises. Yeah, double dick dude on Reddit. Oh, shit. No, Apparently. Apparently yeah. he's got two. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a biological explanation for that. <laughs> but no, um, it was just no anal stimulation whatsoever. I'm not omitting. <laughs> I'm not omitting another dick neither. Um, it was just like I think it was his body pushing against that part of my body, and I it was. I oh my god! I don't know. I'm not sure what it. I don't. I I can't explain anything other than the fact that I, for the first time in my life, had an anal orgasm, and it was without anal penetration. It's like they pierced my ear. How do you know they pierced your ear? <laughs> it was in my ear. <laughs> but because um, because I have, you can have orgasms in different parts of your body. You can have a nipple orgasm. You can have skin orgasms. You can have non-touching orgasms. Then within your vulva and your vagina as a woman or as a female identifying, you can have the clitoral orgasms, then you can have the vaginal orgasms, and within the vagina, there are so many orgasms that you can have. So you can have the, um, what's this one called? The G-spot. <laughs> Jeez, I forgot about it. What's this thing called? This one over here, the G-spot. <laughs> you can have a G-spot orgasm, and then you can have the cervical orgasm. You can have this one down here, which is another one. Have you guys had this one? <sighs> Jesus, Lord. I'm telling you, what about you? How many orgasms can you have? Uh. <laughs> this one. Exactly. Just want to make sure my mom's not listening to this. Um, um, so, I would say... What would I say? Um, all right, so there's pretty pretty standard, right? Which uh, types of male orgasm involving you know ejaculation? Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so basically, so I guess I guess coming coming back to this experience, I or going back to this experience I had, um, what it what it taught me, and what I was so grateful to have learned from that was um, that I'm that my experience is not necessarily predicated upon the the you know, what I think my body can do. That didn't make sense, right? But it's just like, my experience is not necessarily bound by the genitalia I possess, right? And so, by thought, breath, and muscle contraction, I could put myself in this altered state, which was so heightened, so <laughs> ecstatic, and prolonged. For days on after, I, c I sort of could breathe and squeeze and remember what Barbara had instructed us all to do, and take myself back to that state. And with a partner or with self? So mostly with self. Um, I, I've, I've been with a few partners who I've sort of, you know, demonstrated the handout, which is on the website. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of, but I, I don't think, you know, maybe I'm not at a point in my life where I'm, I'm a very good um, guide or instructor or something like that. But um, 
I think it's I think it's really interesting to I think in terms of especially coming back to like all right so you know if if one decides so like you know when when relationships when when normal when normal sex gets boring let's say or it gets routine or you're not sure how to spice things up or or sort of see how you can interact with your partner in a, in a different way I think this this sort of toolkit is really is really interesting and really useful to kind of expand the bounds uh, of you know what you can experience individually and with a with a partner and I, s I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting um, technique uh, and, and awareness to have in your sort of like you know personal sexual human being toolkit yeah and Actually, just to go back a little bit on s the conversation that I was having about men withholding ejaculation. So I read somewhere that the more a man comes, the faster he grays. Because, so also with like yoga practice, the when a man ejaculates, he gives off, he, he literally gives off, he releases a lot of energy, which is the opposite with women. If a woman, ejac if a woman has an orgasm, she, she is the opposite. She gains energy. Men lose energy and women gain energy. Do so they fall asleep afterwards? So that's the, that's the <laughs> yes, we do. So that's the, actually going into that conversation of why it is that men get insanely sleepy after having an ejaculative orgasm. Is ejaculative a word? <laughs> or did I just I make I it up? I think so. I think oh, okay. you're like Shakespeare. You're making <laughs> up words. <Yeah. laughs> um, so basically, the losing of the energy causes your hair to gray faster. I read this. And one of the ways to cure, one of the ways to cure graying, because you can, I actually read an article that said you can reverse the graying by by cutting off the ejaculation in your um, orgasm. And it's just because of that, it's that chi, that energy that, that men are constantly releasing. And I feel, I really feel that it's a, it's a practice that, that should be taken seriously. You mean the practice of? Non-ejaculative orgasms. Ah. Yeah. Um. Interesting. I'd love to see the science. Yes, of course um, you would. However, Jeezy, I would crazy. recommend the. Why can't you just believe me? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> 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 I think I think there's there's some like interesting, um, th just looking at sort of I guess life forms on the planet. Life, uh, blue whales what live the longest. Um, they're very big. They they mature very very slowly, and so they have huge lifespans. Elephants as well, right? They 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 reach sexual maturity in their 20s or 30s or something, uh, something like that. And so human beings live relatively long. And so I think, you know, the smaller the life form, the, the earlier the reproduction or something, shit, not a biologist. Um, but there, there's something to, to do with that, right? Just in terms of, I don't know, size, energy expenditure, maybe sexual maturity that can, then you reach sort of senescence and all the rest. I'll have to see the science behind that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But moving Trust on. Trust but verify. <laughs> moving on, um, just talking a little bit about how Tantra can re-spark or reignite relationships that are dwindling. And using that as, uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today um, and this man was saying that, you know, he's been married to his wife and obviously, you know, in every relationship, even in friendships, there's always a lull or, you know, uh, 
things begin to seem monotonous. And he was saying how he introduced um, Tantra into their relationship as just like reigniting the, the relationship. What do you have to say about that? I think I think that sounds uh, sounds yeah it's it's really wonderful. Um, I think it's <laughs> so. What what I experienced fr from my personal experience after after this session ended, I I was walking around campus. It was early spring. There was still sort of snow on the ground, and I I walked into a friend of mine. Um, who was with a whole bunch of other people. And um, I, I couldn't talk afterwards. I, I was really shy and I felt really vulnerable. And I just felt this amazing sense of peace and calm and just gratitude. And I was walking around, yeah, as I mentioned, I walked around campus and I, I was trying to explain this whole experience to a friend of mine. Um, and we were pretty open uh, about stuff. And I was just trying to tell her about this experience that I just experienced like half an hour earlier. I couldn't explain it in a way that was coherent. Um, and afterwards, Personally, I just felt this this wonderful sense of lightness with the world, of, of just a uh, relaxation, of calm, and of, of happiness. Knowing that I, and I think th one of the main reasons was I had opened a door in my experience, my consciousness, that demonstrated to me that any any of the anxieties maybe I felt about my body, or any of the anxieties I felt with, you know, sort of uh, you know sexual relationships with 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 other people, it was. That, that this was something that could fundamentally change, if it had fundamentally changed my mind and a few of my peers uh, in the room who I talked to about it afterwards, then, then this was a gift that other people could experience too. And this was something that could, could create positive benefit to, to the lives of other human beings, right? Reducing, you know, increasing uh, senses of connection and, and well-being, reducing aggression, all this kind of stuff, reducing anxiety, right? Just being able to look someone in the eyes, feel their heartbeat, breathe at the same rhythm of th as them, you know. There's, you know, and 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 something outside of, you know, sort of the procre procreative element of, you know, uh, sort of genitalia, right? It's it's like energy exchange, feeling the electricity within your own body, creating that, nurturing it. I just and I think because of that, actually, more than anything, because of, like the concept of looking someone in the eye mm. for a long period of time and, and dealing with the uncomfortability that comes with that and then and then exchanging energy and your heartbeats, you know, beating at the same time and your breathing becomes um, similar to your partners. And I, th I think that plays, I think everything plays a really big role in it, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so, especially from what I'm, what I'm just starting to learn, you know, is that the, our brains are always changing. We're always learning, and 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 if we can put our states into, if we can put ourselves, our our brains or minds, whatever that is, right, into into these states of uh, plasticity, of you know, increasing our uh, ability to to change, right, then then experiencing things with you know someone you love or someone you're having a hard time with or something like that potentially could, yeah. Uh, you know, people could potentially find ways to, uh, you know, increase their sense of well-being with, with the partner or partners in their lives. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> There's Tantra for you guys. What do you think? You're like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, On not On the convinced. fence, totally. Yeah. You know, it, as, as LeVar Burton, or was it Lamar Burton, of Reading Rainbow would say, after he talked about a book, 
Don't take my word for it. There's so many resources out there, um, and I would really encourage anybody who's interested uh, to, to just explore what's out there. Uh, there's Barbara Carellis has some really great um, uh, material on her website. The whole breath and energy orgasm handout is there in a PDF, very convenient to practice at home. Uh, and I'd say it's, a, it's just this other... So uh, actually, you mentioned, you know, take off my clothes. Actually, you don't need to take off your clothes. You don't even need to touch yourself. <laughs> You can do it with your clothes on, <laughs> riding I, the subway think, in New York or something. I think what <laughs> she meant to say was, why don't you take off your clothes? <laughs> you know, there's... Uh, it's really what it sounded like. Yeah, that, there's definitely a temptation there to take off my clothes. It is Friday night, the end of the week, Farahi day. Um, actually, and <laughs> thanks for that. I, are you seeing anyone? Um, uh, I, oh, sorry, yeah. Um, no, not seeing anyone at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, looking for... Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking, you know. Are you interested in Seeing someone? Some <laughs> people. I don't know. Are you monogamous? Um, um, monogamous. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a curious thing. I think, I think, I think I'm dating. I'm dating. Ethical monogamy. I'm dating, and uh, I'm I'm open to meeting you know wonderful people. I guess. Hi. Um, I Hi. want to ask a question. Go for it. Is there a difference between mental sex and tantra? Um, and if there no, is, what 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 is the differences? Um, what do you mean by mental sex? Just closing your eyes and imagining you're having sex, and you orgasm through that. No touch. You you just it's closed. You could even be in an office and you yep. orgasm by just thinking about it. So I just want to know: is is, is that a form of tantra? And if it's not, what, what are the significant differences between Tantra and mental sex? Yeah. And no touch, yeah. That's a great question. Um, thank you for asking it. Um, I don't know enough about it. Um, however, I would say at a, at a fundamental, at a, at a basic, I have a body, you have a body. We have uh, you know, brains that can think thoughts, and we have lungs that can breathe. And so like these three things, breath, thought, and being in this body can all contribute, can, can all, you know, all work together to create this sort of state of, yeah, ecstasy or heightened awareness or heightened sensitivity. I mean, just like this idea of can you breathe into your finger? Can you, can you focus your mind to your knee? Can you focus your mind to this other <laughs> part, right? And then just being able to like this, you know, breath and mind creating a hyper focus. And I think this maybe ties back into like men being super aware of what their bodies are doing, you know, you know, state of arousal, reaching the point of no return, or reaching just before the point of no return, and being able to breathe, hold back. Um, I remember picking up uh, a book about Kung Fu and Tai Chi from the Yaya Bookstop when I was like 13. <laughs> picking up a book about Kung Fu masters, where they talked about Chi energy. And there was one chapter about how, to, how, you know, these Tai Chi masters would be able to control their Chi energy and prevent themselves from ejaculation. And like being a totally horny 13-year-old, you know, on a farm in Western Kenya, I was like, oh my God, tell me more about this. <laughs> and it had a whole bunch of exercises and everything. And I was, I was so amazed by this, but had no more information than that, right? Just in this Kung Fu book. Um, and also, like what you're saying sounds like, I think the, the practice of Tantra is connected with yoga. So it's, I, there's a, there's, I think there's a method to it. And 
it sounds like what a men, what did you call it? Mental sex, mental sex. It sounds like a bastardized version, but I mean with the similar endings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, I think it's it's more focused on on like like he was saying the the roaring ball that goes through your root chakra and also just being aware of your different chakras and when to move to the next chakra as opposed to the the mental one which just feels like it's just about like I could just think about my favorite porn and and then come. Hmm. Okay. I've listened to your experience. Do you know about the Wim Hof method? Yeah, um, I heard about Wim Hof, I think, last year through um, some, yeah, I, I heard about it through, uh, we did one of the breathing techniques, I was in like a, like an athletics training seminar. You've tried it? A little bit, a little bit. Is, is it similar? So, I don't know, actually, I think the sensations are similar, right, because if it's like increasing oxygen content in your bloodstream or, you know, increasing CO2, right, the tingly feelings you can get if you've held your breath for a while, it's the same sort of concepts, but it's like this interesting thing of, um, using the breath as a pathway to get to other altered states, be it physical performance, uh, temperature, um, you know, withstanding very high or very low temperatures uh, in sort of a, you know, in the sexual sort of arena, um, et cetera. So, uh, I don't no, yeah, I so I just wanted to recommend it to anyone who wanted to try it. It's like a shortcut to, because the way you're describing it, <laughs> that's the actual experience. <laughs> Definitely. I think there's, there's so many, as you're saying, um, thank you for bringing that up. There's so, many, there's so many resources out there for this new sort of like, um, these new practices and research sort of um, uh, areas about the breath and its effects on the human body. Uh, Wim, Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. And the beauty about it is, I think it's one of the science studies you were talking about here. Yeah, that one is uh, totally backed by science. Is it something that you've tried before? Yeah, I've tried it before, and I had the experience that he was talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's yeah. give him a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, love, I love to see um, men being really sexually aware, being really okay, it, um, sexually open. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't sexual. It, it, yeah. Like even him, you've had him. He hasn't been talking about sexual stuff. Uh, it's not just sexual; it's a lot more. Yes. Yeah. So the the thing with like, for example, tantra, is like I said, it's actually it was never sexual. It was more about breathing and energy. It's just that you can now use that within your within sexuality. Yes, the sex is a small part. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a m very small <laughs> a very part small of it. Part, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. However, it, it can heighten and totally blow your mind, like when you use these techniques and like uh, just personally or, you know, in a partner sort of situation, just really to heighten the experience and also prolong it, I think, yeah, in my limited experience. All right. Yeah, I actually stopped. Do I, I got scared. <laughs> I didn't know what I'm doing to myself, so I, I wanted to do <laughs> research some more before. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Does anyone else want to share something? It's hot. Mic is hot. There you go. <laughs> so I, I think I understand it from like the individual perspective. I think I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how one introduces it with a partner. 
do, do you know, like it sounds as though it's meant to be an individual exercise. So I, I'm, I'm just struggling, I think I'm struggling to envision what this looks like when it's with another person as well. Um, um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of just baby steps, right? Just go in with, uh, to, to approach it with beginner's mind, no expectations. It's like, hey, I'm just gonna try this thing. Hey, here's this, this, weird, this weird dude talked about this thing on Kaz's podcast <laughs> about um, breath and energy orgasm. Yeah, should we try it? Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of resources online. It's, it's basically just breathing, right? And, and thinking. Also, I th are, are you more concerned about like the actual act of, of it happening with another partner or the, or the conversation around introducing it to your partner? <laughs> I, I totally actually I that's what you had <laughs> Matthew had actually said this earlier because I did ask him if he practiced it with a partner before and your response was that right you know and I think part of it to, to tie into what you're saying is that I maybe have not reached a point or I've not I've not <laughs> thank you guys I've not developed um, my uh, maybe I'm not the right person to be explaining it right or or maybe my explanation has been so biased to my personal experience mm -hmm. that I've and I and I hope I hope no one's taking the wrong uh, but I I just have I just have not maybe you know use this practice with uh, another person and so what I'm talking about is like a totally personal experience that I had um, however I think there's this this practice was developed this urban tantra sort of training uh, was developed, and sorry to harp on about the, the, the name and sort of the practitioner, but it, it so profoundly affected my perception of what my own body can do uh, that, I, that I don't stop talking about it almost. Um, however, I, I think it's, it's really developed to, yeah, just whatever you want to make of it. Um, definitely can, you know, you know can one you person, Can you imagine more. how much closer it can make you with your partner? Because it begins with gazing in each other's eyes and forming a con forming that bond and and your breaths your breathing sinks so everything between you and your partner sinks and you literally have to be in that space in your mind before any physical contact happens so you become one it l you literally become one it's such a powerful place to be with your partner so it's definitely a powerful place to be by yourself but can you imagine if you're able to find a partner to heighten that experience that you have with your partner so that it's more of an energy exchange than it is a physical, a phys yes, exactly. Does that make sense? So just to add on to what you're speaking about, I've never experienced it, but there's um, a documentary called Sexology by two ladies, um, um, Gabrielle Anwar and Catherine Oxenberg, and they went through this um, sexual healing journey where they were trying to heal um, you know, aggression, sexual aggression in their past, ways they'd been hurt, and trying to come into their sexuality because they were speaking about being in their 40s and maybe never having experienced an orgasm with their partner and something, um, and other related issues. And in the healing, they also went through different tantric teachers and healers, and some of them showed the experiences, and then they got to speak about, because I think, I think the documentary happened within the course of a year, so they got to go through all these journeys and then experience the tantra with their partners. 
So you go through it individually, you heal what you have to heal, um, maybe the areas where you're um, dissociated with your partner and that's where you're not arriving where you need to be to get to a place of maybe proximity sexually with them and then you can finally be with your partner in wholeness, right? Um, and it was, it was really eye-opening because at, other than just um, talking about Tantra, it showed how in a lot of ways you 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 find um and i speak as a woman because that's the only way i can speak of i don't know about the male experience um so as a woman a lot of women i speak to don't necessarily reach orgasm tantric or however because there's so much dissociation you get there and you're like oh um it's too it's too much it's too this so many thoughts come in so tantra was sort of just like a way of releasing a lot of hindrances and coming to your own alone and then coming to your partner whole and being able to experience, because you're speaking about having orgasms at the top of their their mouths and like on th at their fingertips, and it just sounded so amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> so um, I think once I think it's one of the ex one of those experiences. If you go through it alone, being able to introduce someone else into it becomes so much easier because you're in so much you're in a better place to understand yourself and what you need and how to get there with them and so you're not just focusing so much on oh am i gonna get there how will it be like like you know, you have already arrived so i think as, Ooh, as Kaz said once powerful. you get there um getting to get there with someone else becomes a whole mind-blowing sort of experience yeah so it's Ooh, it's a really what's good sexology sexology by um Netflix? gabriel anwar and Catherine oxenberg really huh. good documentary got it yeah thank you so much for sharing you want to pass the mic back yeah, Kaz, you said something about uh, for the males when they ejaculate that they're releasing energy and they get older faster. <laughs> so <laughs> That's not what I said, but I get the gist <laughs> of what you're saying. Uh, they gray faster. Um, uh, what she asked about, uh, does uh, could it spoil it? I think for the guy, yeah, the moment you ejaculate, then it's over. But if you're in that mood and you're able to um, absorb like the energy and not ejaculate, then you can go on until the point where you ejaculate, then, then it becomes over, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, I have, I have had um, a partner who, who withheld um, his, his ejaculation. And like sex with him used to last the whole night. It was just tiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Does anyone else want to share something? Uh, no, it's just uh, briefly. I, I I'm not don't have much experience in terms of like well maybe dabble or it's my own interpretation of like tantric sex as well. I think it's very much about like not coming and not uh, ejaculating as well and prolonging and I think as like with your partner as well it's uh, what you call it uh, recreating or that intimacy as well massaging your partner as well and um, what do you call it uh, yeah having that moment again of you know our body changes when we get older and stuff as well and you can become more shy and stuff as well and it's sort of having that intimacy again through like breathing or like prolonging something as well. So I think that's the beauty or that's what's nice about like tantric as well. It's not about coming, it's just enjoying the the pleasure of like having your your partner's hands on your body and the breathing and everything actually but coming. Yes. And also 
um, just to add on to that, this is why sometimes it's really hard to have a conversation with somebody about Tantra. Because you're just like, it's not about coming. Oh, then I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a very <laughs> easy conversation to have because, like you said, sex is a very small part of it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger concept of energy and altering your state of mind using breath. What did you want to ask? Okay, so I'll be honest. I didn't know that there were other types of orgasms other than vaginal one. So I just wanted to know. It's, it's more of like a technical question. So when you had your anal orgasm, how did that affect the vaginal orgasm? Like now did you have to like pull out because like now you've orgasm? Like what was the story there? That's the technicality that I want to understand. <laughs> did he have to pull out? <laughs> no. Um, so I honestly didn't feel the orgasm at, at any part of my vagina. It was, it literally happened around my asshole and its vicinity, <laughs> its surrounding areas. And um, I mean, he didn't have to do anything after. There was, n I mean, there's no end game with sex. Thank you. You just keep going. <laughs> it's the journey, not the destination. And um, sometimes you can have, like, you, it doesn't necessarily have to end in an orgasm. Um, but does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But thank you so much, Matthew, for being here. Yes, Matthew Nakitara in the house. He's not on social media, so you can't find him anywhere. <laughs> But yes. Not on social media. <laughs> Thank Never you guys it. so much for coming for the spread line. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, we are at the spread pod on all of our social platforms. Please be sure to follow us. Please be sure to subscribe to everything. Please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes so that we can remain one of the top podcasts in the world. Yes, I said it. Till next time. Bye, guys. Dream a reality